Hey, this is Dave Pryor. We are here at Agile 2019 in the leading Agile booth, day three of the conference. We're doing interviews all week long with speakers and thought leaders and people that make Agile happen for the rest of the world. Ellen Goddess Diener, did I get it right? Beautiful. I'm always worried. He just told me how to say it right. <laughs> and Andy Repton are here. Um, so you're doing a talk tomorrow, and it's on what is your product making large-scale product development work? That's right. So what is the focus of this talk? The focus of the talk is three principles that we introduce as, a, as underpinning um, good product definition. Okay. And we believe um, defining a product in the right way really drives that kind of discovery and delivery work okay. sur- surrounding product management, um, product delivery. Okay. So what are the biggest challenges with, with, before we get to the three things? Mm. It's about large scale. So how big are we talking? So the domain that I work in right. um, is a 300,000 person company. Um, there's 40,000 technologists within that. And my domain is eight, around 8,000 people. Wow. Um, so it's a okay. pretty big scale. So there's a lot of people working on building products that you create. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And the three things that you have to have to make this work at scale are? Ellen. Oh, oh okay. wow. Look at that. <laughs> so he handoff. was supposed to offer the three and he just kicked it back <laughs> the over classic there. Handoff. Nice. Okay. First is... <laughs> Uh, adopting outside-in thinking. Okay. Outside-in thinking. The second is taking the long view. Okay. And the third is going as broad as practical. Okay. So, so outside-in, long view, as broad as pa- I'm practical. I'm take them one at a time. Yep. So what does outside-in mean? From the perspective of the customer. Okay. So one of, one of the anti-patterns, I guess, if we talk about the other side of it, one of the things we see is... Um, this concept of, of technology-led product yeah. definition or organizational-led product definition. Um, but what we really want to look at is how do we get people thinking from the outside in? Okay. So really defining your products from a customer viewpoint. So that's that's an issue. I mean, even if you're in a small scale, that's an issue. If the, the developers are just building what they want to build because they think people want it. But if you're talking about 8,000 people and they don't have clarity on that, that's going to be a massive issue. Huge. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, I, and I've noticed the pattern actually in smaller organizations as well okay. in domains that are both for internal product or and commercial right but it's really exacerbated at scale as in andy's organization so if you don't have this this is another example of people just scaling dysfunction and making things worse yes okay absolutely so how do you create that awareness outside in yeah so we have a number of I just keep that, waiting to see who's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we have a number of techniques that we introduced in the talk um, okay. that we've used in product definition workshops with mainly with leadership teams okay. um, who are embarking on the sort of transformation journey okay. um, and looking at you know how do we really think about our organization differently. Um, and so we run these workshops and we bring in techniques to start and thinking about how do, how do we define our product outside in. Okay. So bringing the customer into the room I'm starting to explore, you know, what is our, you know, what are the kind of components, the features, and then ultimately the products and how are they kind of all meshed together. So they're kind of co-creating that definition together? Yes. That's got to be weird for the executives because they all know what everyone needs, right? Uh, Not necessarily. (laughs) And part of the art and science of doing these workshops is you're weaving all three of those principles together okay through uh you know your workshop design is which techniques you're going to use to bring home those different principles okay and we're not necessarily saying these are the principles yeah but using the techniques as a means of discovery for themselves okay so it's it's i'm guessing at this but 
creating clarity on what the customer wants, but also maybe helping the leadership see that maybe what they've decided the customer needs is not what the customer needs. Yeah, and then the implications of that to their organizational design. Okay. Um, you know, one thing we see, if you if you define your product and we get into some of the other principles, you know, if you define your product, the third principle we talked about was broad versus narrow. Right. If you think narrowly about product, then you have a propagation of products with right. product management line to each of those different products thinking more siloed uh, you end up with you know vision strategies roadmaps priorities financials all that kind of stuff at a very kind of granular level okay which leads to a lot of coordination cost in delivering something of value to you lots yeah. of backlogs difficulty prioritizing you know convoluted structures and the uh, epitome of Conway's law so this is really interesting because we're always fighting against the verticals of we have development, we have design, we have QA. But now that we're switching towards a more product-centric approach, which is what I know you guys do, you still have those silos you have to combat. They're just different. It's like all these different products. When you're talking about a bigger product strategy, like how would you clarify what that actually is? This mm. broad, this broad view. So maybe it's worth or an example. An example. Yeah. yeah. Um, so one of the examples we use is. Um, now I'm in the infra- I'm in the infrastructure okay. um, domain of our organisation. So we provide we provide solutions to our our I guess our internal employees. Okay, it's one part of our one part of our product area. Um, and historically, you know, if you look at the the employee experience, um, you have many different touch points. Whether that's your office suite, right. your 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 kind of communication tools, your phone, your desktop, your, and and what we've done is we've really started looking at that of what is the experience our our employees desire and it's more of a kind of a productivity or a collaboration experience and so we start to think of the product as like collaboration um, rather than okay. the phone the chat mess you know, the messaging bot all that kind of stuff is it's actually thinking about it as a you know, as collaboration is the product so in what you just said instead of the customer being somebody external that we're selling stuff to you're saying the customer is the employee yeah, and, so the, and the company should provide a good experience for the employee, which is not. I've worked at a lot of places that don't understand mm. at all, because it's just like come here and work, do your thing. Yeah, exactly. Here's 17 tools that don't fit yeah. together. Figure it out. And that's a that's a huge problem in in the domain that uh, Andy works in. Okay, where because you basically have at a meta level two flavors of product in terms of who the customer is. You have a commercial product that is sold commercially and the right. organization's primary revenue is from that or you have products that are built to run the operation of the business and the and the value considerations are slightly different that you're looking for right so you want to have um, operational reduce operational expenses and have productivity of employees where if you have a commercial software product you have to really understand who the customer or customers are in the market yeah. and different needs that they have and yet, for internal, from an internal product thinking point of view, that's a particular challenge and at scale because they are, you want to, the internal customers, they're customers. Yeah. Right? And they, they have needs. We need to understand who they are. Not all customers are created equal or users are created equal. So you have to, that influences your, that your prioritization decisions. Okay. So um, if, if it was a, a something we were selling externally, you would measure ROI or something like that. How do you measure 
the success of the value delivered for an internal customer? Is it is it retention? Is it is there some other way of tracking it? Yeah, I think there's a number of yeah. indicators. Um, you know, we do use kind of some of the traditional sort of um, uh, NPS, that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, but really, yeah, those indicators around, you know, retention, um, how we attract talent. Okay. Um, we're particularly seeing, you know, the um, we're seeing in certain parts of the world the, you know, the the kind of millennial generation are really, you know, making decisions about where they work based on the workplace. And the experience, um, and yeah, the experience, the, the tools. Yeah, you know, they turn up on day one, and if they can't, you know, they can't get access to the, you know, the slacks, the Git, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. Um, the size of their monitors, it's all sorts of kind of, you know, um, things that they 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 want from an experience at the place they work. Yeah, um, and they can go work somewhere else, and especially because yeah, there's else. some there's especially if you're an agile because there's so many more jobs than if you, people. Yeah, if you're you know if you're and, a computer science graduate, you're in data science or anything. Then you know the the marketplace hot right yeah and so yeah we see we see the workplace and the workplace experience as a huge differentiator for the firm cool okay. yeah and I, I was just going to say that that's one of the possible metrics and you okay. also could have a situation where like a client I've been working with has um, there's a lot of error recovery because the internal users okay. are having difficulty working with the product yeah they have a whole back office operation and their actually time is money. And the cost of delay of closing those transactions that are an error because the product yeah. that the people are working with uh, is difficult and causes errors, that's, that's money. It's huge because it's, an external customer, you're just taking up support time. But if they're internal, they're taking up support time yeah. and not working. Yep. Yep. Okay. And there is a cost of delay in yeah. terms of finishing those transactions out. Cool. So there's a lot of... A lot of things you can look at. Yeah. You okay. really have to know the product and how it is impact the customer and the broader business and the business goals okay. to figure out that value. So you're making sure it aligns with company strategy all the way Absolutely, down. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Now, we haven't talked about long-lived yet. Yeah. Or you called it something else in the beginning, but that's what it says in my notes, so I'm going to... Or adopt the long view. Okay. So yeah. thank you. So uh-huh. what does that mean? Well... Uh, a lot of people think about a product they call an application or a component a product right or a project something that delivers something for a product as a product you know a project as you well know is short-lived it has a beginning and an end a product hopefully has a long life cycle right and goes through the classic stages of introduction growth maturity and decline right and it can be years and years and years. Depending on the product, it could be 20, 30 years. Okay. Uh, one of the clients I've worked with builds um, devices that go on the top of mountains for transmitting signals. It, you know, they don't want to go up there involved. every two weeks. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So the longer lived the product is, assuming you have a good product in a good market, the better it is. Okay. So you have to think about product thinking is looking at strategically, looking at the marketplace. Where is the market going? How do we go into adjacent markets or new markets? How do we in- add newer technologies and innovations? And Andy has a good example of, of that, that... Okay that to keep the product healthy and alive over a long life cycle. That's so product thinking. So before you give the example, um, when I see when I hear people talking about this, it's always like the launch of the product or like the first two years of the product. But the fact that it might die someday, like that's not discussed because that will never happen. 
but you're talking like the whole lifespan of the thing. So you're asking them to think about that from the very beginning. Like how many years before this thing is useless? And this is particularly a, a, a big challenge in big organizations where your product, I guess your customers are internal and you're at, you have the risk of ending up with almost this kind of graveyard of un, you know, un, unwound products. So yeah. they're still out there being used, but because we're thinking narrowly about the product definition, we're not thinking long um, had the long view um, we think of it as a project mm-hmm. so we roll it out and the project is about just getting it out there not about then evolving it and managing it and you know and even bringing new technology and this kind of fits in with the innovation waves part of um, and we use the, the product canvas that, um, that Ellen um, produced and there's a part on there which is around innovation waves and we use that as a bit of a kind of tripwire to get people thinking about um, you know seeing new technology not as a new product but actually as a as a as a as a new innovation for our existing product so for example um the phone mm-hmm. for example the phone on your desk you know on your desk we're now bringing in software-based phones um but if we thought of that as a separate product we'd spin up a new product organization new product yeah. management new strategy and all this kind of st- rather than seeing it actually it's just the next wave of innovation within that kind of product that is fine so what you just said about the phones i've seen places where that segmentation like here's the new version of the product this one's going to be ip based or whatever and there's some new person that gets that as their kingdom exactly and now you have competing forces the old guy wants to keep the the dial-up phone on the desk working that's not healthy but how do you get people to think of it i mean it's a bigger like yeah, more so that's, and that's where some of these techniques come in and okay. using these workshops to really think about product, you know, what is your product and using the canvas really helps you think across these different te- disciplines, this, these different principles um, so that you know we explore the customer, right. who are the customers and we've got many different techniques for exploring that. We explore the, you know, the, the innovation ways, the longevity, where it is on the life cycle, get an appreciation from that end-to-end life cycle. Um, and then thinking much broader about the, you know, the definition of the product and differentiating it from components and features, actually product, which is driven by the customer value. Okay. Does this get almost into like a futurist kind of a thing? Because like, if you had said 20 years ago, there's going to be a whole wave of employees that are all about experience and whatever. Mm. And then you're saying, well, then here comes the Gen Z people. I mean, are you are you thinking about it at that cultural level, like a new kind of workforce rising in and maybe you don't know what the technology is going to go but you can see cultural shifts in people and how they use I think it ties into that you know this 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 um purpose-driven you know culture people need to really be connected with the purpose of their organization and and what they're delivering and I think the more siloed your organization is and the more you're kind of thinking just of this widget you kind of lose some of that connection to the purpose so I think having a broader definition which is driven by customers um, the customer viewpoint gives you that much con- more connected to something which is longer lived. It's got real purpose. You see the value. Um, yeah, I think. There's and you lot. also can prepare for its demise at some point or its replacement at some point. Yeah. And you're part of that. Rather to your point, you know, this new innovation comes in. It's a new kingdom. Yeah. Actually, well, no, we're going to own that. It's we're going to own the cycles, um, and we're just going to be here, and we're going to grow and, and adapt, and we're going to learn new technologies and new skills to bring in the new innovations not just be you know yesterday's news okay so for people that come from the traditional side 
things have a beginning and an end. Like you mentioned, the project definition, the PMI's project definition. They're used to that start and finish, but now it's like this ongoing, it's almost like working in a mailroom. I mean, it just never ends. So <laughs> when do you get that sense of satisfaction? Like, okay, done. Give me something new. Because you're talking about constant waves of new stuff all the time. Don't you get kind of fatigued or doesn't need? And that's a different mindset, isn't it, that you need for that? The mindset of the long view? Yeah. Well, well if we understand our customers, if we, as we like to say, fall in love right. with our customers' problems and okay. struggles and opportunities and consider their pains and their gains, as you do with a tool like the, uh, the, uh, one of the canvases that we value use, the value proposition, proposition canvas, okay. um, you're always looking for ways to address those pains and those gains. New technologies may be one of them, but you don't want to become enamored of those as, okay. as the solution. And you have to have a balanced perspective because you, you, know, you have your users... But you also have to have business value. Yeah. You don't want to go out of business. And you have to make sure the technology works. So it comes back to balancing value between those three partners. The customer who is interested in the desirable product. The business who wants something that's viable. Right. And technology needing something feasible. So you always have to it's balance It's like a more multidimensional that. view of yeah. what this stuff is. Yeah. Okay. Now you mentioned the canvases. Um, I'll add the link after we post the video, but if people want to find the campuses and learn more about this stuff, what's the best way to do it? Um, well, I have a two-part blog that explains the product canvas, okay. which is a two-part canvas uh, on our blog, ebgconsulting.com. Okay. And um, there's a blog about the three principles that Andy and I are presenting on tomorrow. Tomorrow as ends. well. 1045. And I'm also here at to write another blog. Thank you, on, Andy. Uh, <laughs> okay. on the, um, your the name's going to you're going to be getting uh, kicked over. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll share the techniques in a blog as well. Okay. Uh, so if people aren't here, they can go look at the canvases now in the first blog post. And sometime after yeah. 11:30 tomorrow, you'll create <laughs> the other blog post. Exactly. Noon. Noon. Sorry. Okay, noon. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And what if you want to get in touch with you? What's the best way to do it? Yeah, so I'm on uh, Twitter or LinkedIn, usually the best, best bet. Okay, and they can go to your website? Right, and okay. Twitter and LinkedIn as well. All right, and we'll okay. add all that stuff to the show notes. Awesome. Right. But thank you very much for coming by. This was great. Thanks, was Dave. Good, good getting good to talk to you, you and good finally meeting you in person. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. This is cool. Good to see you.